please pray with me. God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. We enter the season of Advent with Advent doing what Advent does. Luke's gospel presents us with a picture of upheaval, dismay among nations, the roaring of the sea and surging waves. The planets will be shaken, it says, causing people to faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. Every year, the cycle of the church year does this to us. Every year, the season of Advent begins with a gospel reading that sounds like doom and gloom. Every year, texts like this come up on the first Sunday in Advent, and every year, this surprises many of us. Every year, this surprises those of us who are confused that we aren't talking about Mary and Joseph yet. Why does church tradition hand us apocalyptic visions of the end times and the coming reign of God as we begin our observance of Advent? Picture the world in which Jesus speaks the words we hear from Luke's gospel this morning. People lived with a constant awareness of war or military occupation, Society was marked by oppression and injustice. There was widespread poverty. People lived with a sense of fear and foreboding about the world and the mess it was in. This is exactly why church tradition reflects strife and upheaval as we enter the season of Advent. That was the kind of world Jesus was born into. And that was the kind of world in another time the the Hebrew prophets knew. Can you imagine a world like that? Of course you can. We are all too aware of the ways our world is marked by violence and fear. Just recently, we've had the terrorist attacks in Paris, the suicide bombing in Beirut, and the latest in a series of bombings in Nigeria and the hotel attack in Mali. For months, the news has been filled with the plight of refugees fleeing the violence and instability in Syria. And we hear both fear and cold-heartedness in the voices of those calling for the United States to block entry to these refugees. We hear fear and bigotry in the voices of those calling for our nation to somehow track the Muslims who are part of our communities. Five Black Lives Matter protesters were shot at a protest in Minneapolis, and 12 people were shot, three killed at the Planned Parenthood in Colorado Springs. Surely our world is in upheaval. This is the season in which we anticipate the arrival of the one who is to be born. This is the season of Advent when we anticipate the birth of Jesus, who Christians call the Christ. Even in these weeks of not yet, 
We remember where this journey is headed. We know about Christmas. We already have images of stars and angels and shepherds in our heads. We know the story that a star overhead marked the location where the Christ child was to be found. We're introducing a hymn that is new to us in this season. You all sang the first verse of it in response to our Advent candle lighting. And this hymn that we will sing together each week suggests that perhaps there is a star overhead for everyone born. Not just a star overhead marking the location where the Christ child could be found. Not just a star for one who was born. The one whose birth we anticipate through this entire season. But for everyone born. Advent is in many ways a season of waiting. We hope desperately for God to show up. For God to be incarnate. Because in a world in upheaval, our need is acute. But even as we hope and wait for God, this is not a passive waiting. The Christian life never calls us to be passive. The Christian life has its quiet seasons and its interior practices. But the Christian life never calls us to be passive. Even in our waiting... Even in this season of waiting, God calls to us. The promise of Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us. But that very with, God with us, calls us to be alongside God as co-workers. The predictions of a coming Messiah come to us from the Old Testament, also called the Hebrew Scriptures. For centuries, the Jewish community looked for a Messiah, and the prophetic literature of the Old Testament includes countless prophecies of this Messiah. These Hebrew scriptures express the hopes and expectations for what this Messiah would be like, what this Messiah would do. Advent is the season when Christians anticipate the birth of one who Christians have called the Messiah. So every year, a part of the observance of Advent is to return to these more ancient texts and hear again the prophecies of a Messiah who is to come. This year, on this Sunday, we hear from the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah reports that God speaks to God's people. God says that God will fulfill the promise that has been made. And this voice of God describes the one who will come, the Messiah, as a righteous branch from David's line. This is a common theme in the Messianic prophecies in the Old Testament. The idea that the Messiah will be of the lineage of King David, Israel's greatest king. The Christian tradition has picked this up with our Gospels affirming that Jesus is a descendant of David. This passage from Jeremiah today goes on to speak of this branch from David's line, this descendant, this promised Messiah. And Jeremiah states that the Messiah's mission in bold terms 
to do what is just and right in the land. One writer describes the work of Advent as the sacred task of imagination. Gospel writers and prophets both remind us of the upheaval in our world. They also hint at the solution. They hint at an alternative future that is possible, a future that is aligned with God's ways. Surely they and our hymn writer for this season have taken on the sacred task of imagination. And we hear that in the words we sang this morning. I absolutely believe that Jesus was unique, that Jesus uniquely sheds light on God's nature and God's will for us. But using my own imagination, I also wonder, perhaps Jesus is not the only righteous branch who God will raise up from David's line, Perhaps Jesus is not the only one called by God to do what is just and right in the land. What if, in the words of our Advent hymn, God really does delight when we are creators of justice and joy? I am convinced that this is so, that God does delight when we are creators of justice and joy, compassion and peace. The waiting of Advent, the not yet of Advent, reminds us that our world does not yet match God's vision for our world, as if we needed reminding. The harsh texts of the early Sundays of Advent are like a mirror held up to reflect the harsh realities of our world. And in the face of that reality, God calls to us. We are called to be followers of Jesus, the one who was sent to proclaim good news to the poor and release to the captive. Most of us here can say with some confidence that we have a place at the table. Whether we understand this to mean that we have food to eat or perhaps more importantly, that we have a voice in decision-making, most of us have a place at the table. Many of us have an impressive ability to make choices, to determine our own situations. And I'm not saying that each of us does not have struggles. We do have our struggles. And I'm not saying that we are not also constrained by political and economic structures that limit our self-determination. We are constrained to varying degrees. But relative to most of the world, let's just take those Syrian refugees as an example. Relative to those fleeing Syria, you and I are so privileged. Knowing this about ourselves in the season of Advent, I am convinced that it is not only the Messiah, that branch from David's line, who is sent to do what is just and right. I am convinced that we too are called to do what is just and right. I am convinced that God does delight when we are creators of justice and joy.
I am convinced that those of us with a place at the table are particularly called to make a place for those who are not yet at the table. We can advocate for the United States to receive thousands of refugees, and we can work to prepare places here in our community to receive refugee families. For those of us who gathered on Monday evening for the vigil in response to terror and in support of refugees and in support of our Muslim brothers and sisters, you heard voiced the hope that the community of Davis will welcome and host many refugee families to our community. We can provide support and hospitality and friendship to our Muslim brothers and sisters and ensure that they are treated justly in our nation. We can attend tomorrow's protest in Sacramento, perhaps, to advocate for fair treatment of those incarcerated in solitary confinement by calling for an end to the current practice of 30-minute checks that causes sleep deprivation and all the erosion of well-being that goes along with not being able to sleep. There are so many things that we who have a place at the table can do. We have a place at the table, but God's vision is for everyone born to have a place at the table. And God calls us to God's own work, expanding that table for each and every one of God's children. The promise of Advent is that God shows up in a hurting world and shows up for the sake of setting right what is wrong. And we know the God revealed in Jesus Christ as a God who calls us to God's own work. The God who is incarnate in Jesus Christ reveals an imperative for us also to embody God. God empowers us to do this. Welcome to the season of Advent. In preparing for Christ's coming, we look at a hurting world through the lens of God's will. We hear the prophecies that reveal God's will for justice. And we live out the conviction that God does delight when we are creators of justice and joy. Amen.